We have a wonderful word for you today. I, I invite your attention to the gospel according to Matthew's the 16th chapter. Matthew's the 16th chapter. I want to read five verses from the King James Version beginning at verse 13 through 18. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to read into your hearing once again that 18th verse where we will lift our theme, the church that Jesus built. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not conquer the church. The gates of hell shall not destroy what Jesus built. Yes, Lord. Watch it, Reverend Register. Listen. Jesus uses the personal pronoun I, referring to himself and the verb will build, that verb phrase, will build, denotes a future action by the primary subject himself, showing Jesus' action, uniting people by gradual means into a composite whole. The church, the church. We are simply saying the church of Jesus Christ is always in the present, yes, indicative state, always constructing, always increasing, always developing, always strengthening and progressing on earth and eternally in the kingdom of God. Watch yourself, Reverend Register. Yeah, so we look at the formation of this early church. Jesus brought into being a new religious community when he chose his disciples. Listen, with Peter's confession. Now, I know there are some controversies around this, but listen, the scripture confirms this. Peter's confession of faith along with the other apostle, became the first little ecclesia. That is, 
the called out, a coming together, those who are summoned, the elect, yes, those assembled for a purpose. Yes, yes, the church, the church, yes. Sometimes we make a big mistake in making it to this assembly and thinking this is a place for us to come and get comfortable, but it's not a place where we come to get comfortable. Well, all right, listen. <laughs> it referred to in this, in this old in the New Testament as the, the congregation of the children of Israel. Now, don't get blown away here. You go to Acts 7 and 38, it confirms this in, in referencing this. This is he. That's the scripture, King James Version, 7:38 Acts. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angels which spoke to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. But listen what he said. It's simply making a point and, and was transferred to the Christian body, yes, of which the congregation of Israel was a figure of. That is the New Testament church. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 and 28, King James Version. Now ye are the, get this now, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, not to get comfortable, listen, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts, healing, health, government, diversities of tongues, and so forth. It's also in reference the local church, the local assembly, the congregation. Yes. And if you might let me add, the congregation of Jesus Christ. The only thing about that is I'm looking around and I'm looking at our local assemblies today throughout these United States, and I don't see the assembly that Jesus built. i let that resonate with you for a minute. Listen, listen. You can reference the scriptures and you can find out it's, it's constituting a living rock upon which a living stone by living stone each new faithful converts are added get this, add it to the Christian community. Thank you, Jesus. The church that Jesus built, the rock on which Jesus built his church is clearly identified as himself. And the work of salvation is consummated by him and him alone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. First Peter have us to understand the significant role that the membership play in the church. Yes, First uh, Peter 2, verses 4 and 5 from the New Living Translation. You are coming to Christ, 
who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones. You are living stones that God is building continuous into his spiritual temple. Listen, what's more, you are his holy priests. Yes. Through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Yes. Spiritual sacrifices that please God. Only problem with that is we don't want to make sacrifices. Yes, Lord. We're sort of like, I don't want to be plagiarizing here, but we're sort of like that baseball team, that uh, basketball team, a football team that Pastor Twyman alluded to a couple of years back. I never forgot that. It was a beautiful illustration. He said that you have the spectators, and you have the team. Those that are on the team, they are under contract. They are working together. He was referencing a basketball team. And they all are striving for a particular goal. You have the equipment part of the team. You have the coaching part of the team. You have the managers that are part of the team. But then you have the speculators, the spectators, those that are critical of the performance of the team. When they win, the spectators cheer. They're happy, but they're not working with the team. They're simply sitting on the sideline, cheering the team along. And when the team fails, they criticize. When the team wins, they celebrate. But they are not on the team. That's the way it is in the church today. Watch out, Reverend Register. That's the way it is in the church. Everybody's in the church, but not of the church. You have a lot of spectators. Watch out. Listen. Let me go on, y'all. Woo, y'all got real. You're listening. That thank God for that. Peter reminds us as Christians, that we are the church built upon the teaching foundation, which is the chief cornerstone. And all believers are united into the church by faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Yes, the byproduct of the Holy Spirit. What is that? The fruit of the Spirit, not fruits, plural, but the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, New Living Translation. I like this, 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love is the foundation of the church. It's a marvelous thing that the Lord has changed my life. That's why I get excited about it. It's a marvelous thing that love 
lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shores. Very deeply, I tell you, stained within. But the master of the sea, watch out, Reverend Register, heard my despairing cry from the waters, I tell you, from the waters of despair, from the waters of corruption, he lifted me. Thank you, Jesus. Now safe am I. Oh, glory to God. What you talking about, Reverend? So how can you say you in the church and you belong to Christ and Christ is building you and you are missing the main ingredients of love? Yes, 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 yes. The fruit of the Spirit, the byproduct of the Spirit. Love. Let me go on. Joy. Peace. Patience. Watch out now. Patience. Got to have patience with some of these characters around here. <laughs> I was throwing the ball at Deacon Cottrell there. I'm a, I'm, patience. Patience calls for suffering, sacrifice. That's what patience calls for. It's not easy to have patience. It's hard to have patience with me sometimes. Ain't that right, Sister Register? Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Put your hands down now. <laughs> Gentleness, self-control. Thank you, Jesus. Against such, uh, there is no law. Yeah. So, I ask a legitimate question to you. I appeal to your intellect. What has transformed the New Testament church? What does the church today look like? It, 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 it bewilders me that church leaders are in a state of complacency, seeking self-satisfaction and gratitude. Looking for self-glory. What are you talking about? Yielding to social pressures. It's amazing when I see on some of these churches, they've changed the name. They've dropped the term church. And they call themselves ministries or temples and other such. And they refuse to live up to the badge of honor, Baptist. Don't you know that's a badge of honor when you do the history and you look at it? Baptists are those who stood on the word of God and became persecuted in the early church because they stood against baptizing infants, baptizing those that don't belong it's all about Constantine. I won't go into all of that, but it's simply saying, no, we stand. And as a result of that, you become known as Anabaptists. But listen, you have people, leaders in the church, that have left the word of God and profess to be the church. You have Christians living in fear to stand on the word of God. Acquiescing to conforming to society's standard. How 
can a preacher, God's preacher, marry under the concept of same-sex marriage? That's an indictment. Same-sex marriage? And we study the word of God and the word of God have us to understand that he made woman and man for the express purpose of being fruitful and multiplying. And it's impossible for Sally and Jane to be fruitful and multiply. It's total contradiction to God's word. Come on, church, stand up. Don't be ashamed to bow at your table of substance that God blessed you to give thanks and praise to God for all his provisions because people don't want to see you pray. Whoa, what you talking about? I'm praying and bowing my head and thanking God everywhere I go to the glory of God, to be a witness, to tell others about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Stand up, church. Stand on the word of God. Yes, yes, Lord. Colonel Desires. Don't want to worship no more. Listen, the church today has rejected the principles of Jesus Christ. They would rather dress down than dress up in worshiping God. They have chosen casual rather than classical. God is a God of class, high morals and principles. The church that Jesus built has not changed and support these principles. The structured principles of the Christian church is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 20, 12 and 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So we see then the mortar that holds the church together is the washing of water by God's word and the Holy Spirit as we continue building on the chief cornerstone. And that's Jesus Christ. Listen, the scripture confirmed for us in Romans 8, 16, and 17. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Yes, 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 yes. Listen, listen, it, it have us to stand, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs, yes, with Christ. I like that, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him. Yes, remember Jesus said the gates of hell should not prevail against the church. So stand on the principles of God. If so be that we suffer with him that we may be also glorified together. Ephesians 5, 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That's what I told you, the mortar, that he might present to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle 
or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Listen, when we reflect upon the text, you find Jesus asking his disciples a rhetorical question to invoke a response. So we see Peter's proclamation, a divine proclamation. When he asked the question, who do men, who do the common folk say that I am? Now they came up with a lot of conjectures. But then he said, wait a minute. I'm interjecting here now. I'm not doing anything to the word of God. I'm just appealing to you for a minute. Wait a minute. Well, who do you? He makes this thing personal. Who do you? The congregation. Those, the disciples. You've been with me. You've seen the miracles that I have performed. You saw me feed 5,000. And then there were leftover that we picked up. You've seen me heal the sick. You heard my teaching. So who do you say that I am? And so we see then the divine, yes, proclamation in Peter. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. But I like this part where Jesus had him to understand. Listen, Peter, you didn't of yourself give that answer. You didn't see it, but it's by the power of God. That lets me know that when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit has to be the one that anoints your decision. He qualifies your decision. You don't do it on your own. I didn't want no parts of the church as a sinner. I was having too much fun doing wrong but the Holy Ghost got involved the Holy Ghost moved in my life so Peter didn't have no choice but to acknowledge thou art the Christ but listen at the divine declaration indicating a fact that the Holy Ghost anointed this and Jesus had him to understand it. It wasn't of you, Peter, but it was the Holy Ghost. And he had him to understand. And upon me, upon the rock, I will build. Listen to that declaration. On the rock, I will build my church. And listen, if you will, at the official order, the decree, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. For the scripture have us to understand in Romans the 8th chapter. For as many as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Yes, to make it a little plain, the New Living Translation, that's 8 and 14. For all 
who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. But listen at the certification in Romans 8 and 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with my spirit that you are a child of God. The Holy Spirit certifies our kinship with God. You see, it's a divine confirmation of a Christian's heritage. When we consider the nature of the church, the New Testament gives us several figurative descriptions. It refers to the church as the body of Christ. This reference to the universal church in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. Thank you, Jesus. And it also applies to the single congregation and each member that is vital to the relationship with Christ. Then he gives another figurative expression. The bride of Christ. That's shouting territory. This figurative language denotes the marriage relationship used in scripture to illustrate the relationship between God and his people, Israel, and between Christ and his church. Let me say it again. Between Christ and his church. Picturing, if you will, a very picturesque expression. Christ as the heavenly bridegroom. Yes, and the most explicit demonstration is in the 19th chapter of Revelations where the church is seen as the bride of the Lamb. The wedding picture, the bride beginning her consummated life, if you will, in the new age. The scripture says in that seventh verse of Revelation, that 19th chapter, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is coming and his wife has made herself ready. Are we ready, church? Are you getting ready? We are approaching the close of the church age. Revelation 21, 2 and 3. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be 
his people and God himself, yes, be with them and they be with their God. What a beautiful acronym, if you will, for the church. It simply denotes God have united the righteous certified heritage. I'm looking back at John in that first chapter when he was on his inaugural assignment and he saw Jesus coming and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Yes, we shall take away the sins of the world. Yes, we have a covenant that we often recite. Having been led as we believe by the Spirit of God to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and on the profession of our faith, having been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, we do now in the presence of God, angels, and this assembly most solemnly and joyfully enter into covenant with one another as one body in Christ. Oh, glory to the Lamb of God. I'm reminded of an old gospel song standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Look at Jesus leaving glory, coming down through 42 generations. Isaiah say he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Look at Jesus, I tell you. Tabernacled around here, healing the sick, raising the dead. Glory to the Lamb of God. He surrendered himself and God Gotha to the cross. They nailed his hands and riveted his feet. He died on that cross for you and I. Glory to the Lamb of God, I tell you. But look at Jesus, I tell you. He hung his head in the locks of his shoulder. He was buried in a barber tomb. But thank you, Jesus. Early. I said early. On the third day morning, my Savior, yes, that lily of the valley, that bright and morning star, thank you, Jesus, got up. All power is in his hand. I'm here to tell you, 
He's coming back. Yes, he is. He's coming back, I tell you, for a church that he built without spot or wrinkle. Are you in the church? Amen. Please stand to your feet.